Production. Recorded live. Now, views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessarily views or talk show. Jam Radio Productions, Sudhead.com, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. This is your Sunday evening forum, Nation Talk. Nation Talk is a live public affairs program that deals with issues concerning you from the studios of Savannah, Georgia. To get into the conversation, call to get into the conversation, call one seven two four 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 seven four forty four. Call ID number 555-199-1274-444-7444. Call ID number 555-199-POUND.
Justin's football skills were so-so, and the coach made him second-string kicker. In other words, Justin warmed the bench. But Justin could heat up practice. Day after day, he teed up and kicked the ball, not far at first, but every day a little farther. Then came the unexpected. The first team kicker was down, and Justin went in. Now, practice paid off. Justin kicked, and the ball sailed high between the uprights over the goalpost. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Lady Lodge. Jesus says the faithful in a little are faithful in a lot. Our daily routines call us to be faithful in small ways so that at a moment's notice, we are ready for the big game in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 years old, and I work at a graphic design company, which is funny, because I couldn't even draw a stick figure when I was a kid. But I met someone who told me, you know what? You can do anything if you really want to. And if the teenage me were here, she'd tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for big brothers, big sisters. Most kids from my neighborhood don't get into art. They get into trouble. But I was lucky because my big sister showed me early on that I didn't have to be like most people. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this eight-year-old grew up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child. And that can last a lifetime. Start something today at bigbrothersbigsisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kennedy Jenkins. The views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Show, Jam Radio Productions, Sunnyhead.com, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk.
tonight we we got some topics tonight. One of them is the um, of course, and I I was too in shock when I heard about this. Um, Pfeiffer, the Pfeiffer scandal. Scandal in uh, of all sports. And I, now we had we had we had um. We had um, scandals in baseball, scandals in football. We had scandals in a uh, little bit scandal in tennis. We had you know basketball. We had scandals in uh, maybe a small scandal in hockey, maybe just you know a small scandal. They had scandals in the Olympics, but scandal in soccer. Well, Europe, in Europe they call it they call it um, football. We in the United States we call it uh, we call it uh, soccer. That way, would be confused with our the American version of soccer. Uh. And what's been going on with these folks of Pfeiffer? Very, very strange. I mean, very, very strange. And and I'm sure it's nothing for. And it's probably nothing, really, nothing new in that in that part of the country. Uh, you could go to. Pfeiffer, F-I-F-A dot com for the official website. But let me give you, let me tell you what Pfeiffer is. It is Federation International Football Association. Federation International Football National Federation of Federation of Association Football. It's the national, it's the international governing body of association football, soccer, FUSA, and beach soccer. Piper is responsible for the organization of football's major international tournaments, notably for Cup which commenced in 1930, and the Women's World Cup, which commenced in 1991. It was, was originally started in 1904 to oversee international competition among the national associations of Belgium, Denmark, France, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, Sweden, and Switzerland. Its headquarters is in Zurich, Switzerland. Its membership now comprises of 209 nations. Member countries 
must each also be a member of one of the six regional federations into which the world's divided, Africa, Asia, Europe, North and Central America, and the European, Oceania, and South America. Uh, it was formed 111 years ago. Wow. Very old country. Very old uh, association. Uh, been around probably about maybe as long as um, our American football, perhaps, or uh, Baseball and uh, um, major leagues. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Nations. Wow. They have affiliations in, let's see, Afghanistan, Australia, in the, Indonesia. Iran, Iraq, Japan, Jordan, Republic, Green Republic, Laos, Vietnam, United Arab Emirates, Thailand, Syria, Sri Lanka, Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Malaysia. Indonesia, India, Hong Kong, Guam, Chinese, Taipei, China, the Republic, China PR, which is People's Republic of China, Cambodia, Burma, Bangladesh, Due to the geographical size of Africa, uh, CAF is divided into five regional federations. There's Council of East and Central Africa, Football Association, Council of South Southern Africa Federation of Football Association, West Africa Football Union, or Union de Football de la Coes Africans. Union of North Africa Federation. Union de Federation de Football de Africa Central. Yes, just about. I would say just about almost every nation, every every nation in every um, every part of Africa itself. Not bad, and of course, North and Central. Uh, well, let's see. It might as well go ahead and say all of Africa, including um, South Africa. I told they have a good soccer team. South Africans, 
very good soccer team. North and Central and the Caribbeans, which which consists of Aruba, Bahamas. Well, let me, let me say, they got the Caribbean Football Union, North American Football Union, which includes uh, Canada, Mexico, and the U.S., and Union Central, Central America de Football, Football, represents the, the seven nations of Central America. Aruba, Thomas, Antigua, Barbada, Belize, Bermuda, British Virgin Islands, Canada, Costa Rica, Cuba, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, French Ghana, Guatemala, I've known some, I met some Guatemalians here in the States. Haiti, Valle, Haiti, Honduras, St. Luca, Puerto Rico, Panama, Nicaragua, Mexico, Jamaica. U.S. Virgin Islands, Trinidad, Tobago, Turks, and Caucasus Islands, of course, here in the United States. And, of course, in South America, we have such teams as we have, the, we have uh, Peru, Elquay, Venezuela, Ecuador, Chile, Colombia, Brazil, Bolivia, Australia, Argentina. Uh, the Oceania, which consists of America, Samoa, Cook Islands, Fuji, Tonga, Tahiti, Solomon Islands, Bahama. Guinea. Of course, the UNP, which is the UEFA, of such countries as, of course, England, Spain, Scotland, Russia, Switzerland, Turkey, Ukraine, Wales, Republic of Ireland, Portugal. Poland, Norway, Netherlands, Moldova, Malta, Luxembourg, Georgia, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Israel, Albania, Armenia, Austria, Algeria, Belgium. Korea, the Korea, uh, Cyprus, Czech Republic, Denmark, 
so on and so on. And let's see. England has a good England has a good soccer team. I've watched them play. Uh, I'm trying to think the one is in South North and South America. South America they ha um Brazil. Brazil is the best soccer team in in South America, in my opinion. That's, that's in my opinion. England, England is is mostly known for its England, Scotland, Wales, and the other British colony, colonies, countries. Uh, they're very good in soccer. France, they're very dominating in 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 that's Germany. It's very good. It's a very good uh, has a very good team. Italy has a, a pretty good team. Um, but that's just in Spain. From two, they have. Good team as well, um, but I'm just just giving you a little background on on this kind of give you an idea on this is um and national football one on one for those of you who don't know about soccer. I I kind of follow it a bit, not too much of it. Around about June, that's when I start. Around about June, I start you know, pick up, pick up on it, because it'll be the World Cup. The World Cup is um, the, the FIFA World Cup. is on television, especially on the Spanish-speaking stations. Um, it's on the on this time. Um, anyway, just just give you an idea on FIFA and. Some of the things that, and some of the what the, what their function is. Because in I'm I'm looking at this in Wikipedia, um, and believe or you would not believe the sponsors they have for this. Listen to this, these sponsors, ideas. Coca-Cola, Gazprom, Hyundai, Kia Motors, Visa, and Budweiser. Those are the main sponsors for for this. Question is, will these sponsors continue? 
but these companies continue to sponsor them in spite of the controversy that's been going on. I've been hearing that that they're asking them to clean up their act for the for Pfeiffer to clean up their act. I'm still wondering if all these companies going to continue because these sponsors help fund such things as the World Cup, the beach, the beach soccer, the, the FIFA Beach Soccer World, the Summer Olympics. But you didn't know they they also. Are, part of the Summer Olympics. The Summer Olympics, Olympics come around, that's from five of teams who are going to be part of. It was also part of the Summer Olympics. Some of the countries I just mentioned, they're going to be part of the Summer Olympics. And, and one of the biggest, uh, and I can tell you the three biggest companies, I know they help fuel the money for Pfeiffer, Adidas for their shoes, uh, Honda, Honda and Kia Motors for the cars, Visa, yes, Visa for the credit cards, especially when you go, when you, especially when you get ready to go to the World Cup. And of course, Budweiser and Coca-Cola for uh, for refreshment. For the uh, you know, when you get there, you can you can um, get your Coke or Budweiser. Yes, you get the Budweiser. Go ahead and get the Coke. But uh, <laughs> but these are these companies I just mentioned are. I don't know about um, Gay's Prom. I, I never heard of them. I never heard of them. But those companies are the big U.S. companies that that fund FIFA with advertising. They, they, they depend on them for advertising. The question still remains, will Adidas, Coca-Cola, Honda, Kia, Visa and Budweiser continue, although there's a scandal. Nobody hasn't talked about that yet. And I don't think anybody talked about that yet. If are they going to continue funding Visa? Visa, I mean, these are big companies. Did uh, you not? Big, big companies. Um, FIFA's choice now in the 2018, which is coming up uh, a couple of years, coming up two years now. They have World Cup bids for 2018 and 2022. Now that's also been 
a big scandal on bidding the, these um, companies. Pfizer's choice to award the 2018 World Cup to Russia and the 2022 World Cup to uh, Qatar has been widely criticized by media. It has been alleged that some FIFA inside sources insist that the Russian kickbacks of cash and gifts given to FIFA executive members were enough to secure the, the Russian 2018 bid weeks before the results was announced. Two members of FIFA's executive committees were banned from all football-related activities in November 2010, allegedly offering to sell their votes to undercover newspaper reporters. Early May 2011, a British parliamentary inquiry into why England failed to secure the 2018 finals was told by members of parliament. Damien Collins, that was there, that was there, that there was evidence from the Sunday Times newspaper that Aisha, Aisha Hayatu of Cambodia, of Karun, and Jack and I know Amur of of um were were paid by Kuwait Kuwait um, Qatar. Qatar has categorically denied the allegation as have both Tu and Amora. Vice President Blatter said as of 23 May 2011 that British newspaper The Sunday Times has agreed to bring its whistleblowing source to meet senior cipher officials who would decide whether to order a new investigation into alleged World Cup bidding corruption. Well, the, the, um, Sunday, the Sunday Times are happy they agree that they will bring the, this whistleblower here to Zurich and then we will have a decision and investigation of this in a quote according to Blatter. Well, you see, there has been some controversy in this, uh, and they're not through yet. <laughs> they're not through yet. This is going to be, oh boy, this is going to be interesting.
how they even were they bribed? I can't believe it. They actually bribed. It's unbelievable. They actually bribed these folks, and they were gullible enough to take the take the money. Oh my goodness! And I thought, I thought our sports, I thought sports here in the United States was kind of sometimes kind of crooked, but that yeah, that's <laughs> that is. That's unbelievable, really. Uh, that's unbelievable. I got some sound bites of this whole thing. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of breaks. And, of course, we got, we got some other hot topics. And also we're going to talk about um, Vice President Biden's and some other topics as well. You're listening to Nation Talk. Six years in the making and going strong. Whether you donate money or time, 
you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child. And that can last a lifetime. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Here's the piece of nation talk on unless of the views of Talk Show, Generity Productions, com, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. Welcome back to Nation Talk. I just wanted to hear this. I just, I just, I just like the, the song Philly. It's, what they talk is talk about it. Uh, uh, ain't me. Ain't not me. Anyway, 
ladies and gentlemen, will be organized in Russia. FIFA has been dogged by controversies in the past, most recently awarding upcoming World Cups to Russia and Qatar, two countries entrenched in human rights investigations. There are now allegations that some FIFA executives took bribes to put the World Cup in Qatar, and I hope that's true, because otherwise it makes literally no sense. And this morning, prosecutors in Switzerland say they are opening up an investigation into the 2018 and 22 World Cups. There has also been a search warrant that's been executed at the headquarters of CONCAP in Miami, Florida. That is the equivalent of the U.S. FIFA version here in the United States. Meanwhile, the seven men that were arrested in Switzerland are expected to be extradited here to the United States. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I, when I first heard that, I'm like... This guy be kidding me. You, I mean, I'm, I'm still like, I, I'm really, I'm really dumbfounded about this. And these are top officials, and one of them is American. Um, I assume he's American, vice president of, of FIFA. Um, who's involved in this? It, it, that's a lot of money. And and that's a lot of money to be taken from um from this. And it's a multi it's a multi million dollar business. It's not just a sport, but it's a business just like any other sport. Um, American football, baseball, golf, uh Tennis, it's all, uh, it's all a business, and he's paying these athletes hundreds and millions of dollars, and they're getting sponsorships from, or uh, endorsements, I, I might say, from they're getting endorsements from different companies. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the athletes, what they do. I'm, I'm not taking anything, anything away from our professional athletes. They, either they train hard, they play hard, and they, they make the money. I'm not taking that away from any of them. But paying these these athletes that much money. And that's another story. That then that's another story I want to get into, like maybe later on this year, on why American athletes are are um, being paid so much. Uh, here's the BBC's take on this. Of course, you know Britain is one of the countries. The world's most popular sport dragged down by allegations of institutional corruption. Mr. Cho said to me, you come and tell me what you have for me. A third of its leaders accused of sleaze. FIFA has very serious questions to answer and employing the ostrich strategy, burying its head in the sand, saying nothing to see here. That is not going to wash anymore. After that decision last year... Ta-ta! It's business as usual as football presses ahead with electing a new president. The candidate from Qatar who says FIFA isn't corrupt. As far 
as I concern, all the people in the security committee did a very good job. Or the man already in the job, Seth Blatter, who's suppressing the scandal that could bring him down. Why are you blocking the uh, publication of the investigation into people? Not Why not make it public? Are we really going to put up with four more years of this? The only way football can be saved from FIFA is for FIFA to be destroyed and rebuilt. Oh. President Sepp Blatter wants another four years. He's not popular in England after this. In after a dozen years of Sepp Blatter and escalating scandals, FIFA's name stinks. Trust us, and you'll be seeing confidence will be restored. Trying to snatch the crown is Asian football boss Mohammed bin Hamam. Now, I wonder how much they're paying bladder and that's the thing how much the, how much money is he making hmm that's another thing hey you again how are you he's from Qatar which somehow won the vote to host the 2022 World Cup Both World Cup decisions came last December in this hall here in Zurich. You know, when you come away with nothing, it's disappointing. I think we had a, you know, a really brilliant bid, a strong bid, uh, and it's a, it's a real shame we'll never get the chance to prove that. It was a humiliation. England went out on the first round. Out of 22 votes, they got two. And one of those was from England, man. It gets worse. Two weeks ago, the former chairman of the English Football Association dished the dirt about the odd requests he got from some of FIFA's voters. Would it have been possible for England to have won its World Cup bid without offering bribes, benefits in kind, honours and other considerations to members of FIFA's executive committee? Um. I don't know the answer to that question in a way which would allow me to say yes or no, but I certainly think it was a millstone. Lord Treesman accused four of FIFA's voters of making improper demands in return for their support for England's bid. He said Thailand's man wanted the TV rights for a friendly with England. Trinidad's Jack Warner wanted money for what he called his legacy. Brazil's Ricardo Teixeira told Lord Treesman, come and tell me what you have got for me. Another South American, Nicholas Leos, wanted a knighthood. When you've got somebody as senior as Lord Treesman, a former Minister of the Crown, be, uh, you know, involved with the Football Association, spearheading our bid, and giving direct evidence, not hearsay evidence, that he was asked for consideration in return for votes for England. Uh, that shocks me, I must say, to the marrow of my bones. Then came allegations of big bribes involving Qatar's successful bid. 
Parliament heard evidence that its bid team had offered money to two of FIFA's most senior officials. They wanted their votes. One of them is this man, Issa Hayatu, the boss of African football. The committee heard about evidence from a whistleblower inside the bid team. They were told that... Qatar paid $1.5 million to two FIFA uh, Mexico members, Hayatu and Jake Ananuma, uh, from the Ivory Coast, uh, and that they, it is alleged, subsequently went on to vote for and support the Qatar. In other words, they got paid. They got paid. Bid. All the men named to the select committee have denied the allegations, but we've met some of them before. In the days before the big vote, we revealed evidence that three of them took bribes in the 1990s from a company called ISL, which did big business with FIFA. First, African football's Issa Hayatu. Mr. Hayatu, I'd like to ask you about monies. We've looked the ISL books show that you received money from ISL. Paraguay's Nicholas Laos. Senor Laos, did you take bribes from the ISL company? or not? And Brazil's Ricardo Teixeira. Mr. Teixeira, what were those payments from the ISL company for? The other man named by Lord Treesman is Jack Warner. I know him well. Good evening, Mr. Warner, Andrew Jennings, BBC Panorama programme. All four sit at FIFA's top table. Three days after we exposed them for corruption, they sat down with their colleagues to decide who would host the next two World Cups. In the final minutes before the vote, President Blatter put the boot in. Remember the evils of the media, he said to have warned his colleagues. That was us and the Sunday Times. They'd accused two top FIFA officials of offering to sell their votes. They got red cards and weren't allowed to vote. Our society is full of devils, and these devils, you find them in football. Our mysterious allegations were buried. <laughs> and stayed buried. Three months into this year, European football had its congress in Paris. Little had changed. Set Blatter was being charming, looking for votes in the presidential election. Close by were two of the men accused by us of corruption, Issa Hayatu and Nicholas Laos. Scandal? What scandal? Last year, I was given a list of secret payments, kickbacks totaling $100 million. The money was paid in the 1990s by the now-defunct ISL company to leading sports officials, some of them at FIFA. This, now, I, I, I'm sitting here listening at this, and this, this guy here, the reporter, he, he's good. <laughs> he is real good on this. I mean, he. This is one of those investigations. But he, he, they need him on, on, um, on, um, um, sixty minutes. They need this guy on sixty minutes. He's good. He is very good. I'm sitting here thinking, 
are they running a sport company or are they like the mafia? I'm just, it just box my mind. It, it, resident money, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And my time is almost, my time for the top of the hour, for the next hour is, is almost up. But I'm going to continue playing this the next hour. I'm just sitting here thinking, these guys, these guys act like the mafia. They act like they, they do. It is they they covering up they 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 make bribes they launder money and then then they cover their tracks and then when somebody asked them about it they have nothing to say. My goodness, ain't that a stink? Wow, I'm sitting here blown away from this BBC report, and it's mad that. The BBC and the, the the newspaper in England, they're the ones who actually um, who, who actually put the who ask all these questions and wondering why what the what the heck is going on. And and I'm still and I'm still kind of concerned because you got these major companies like from the, from the U.S. who's going to um, who do sponsor them and I'm just wondering and I haven't heard anything yet and I'm trying to keep on top of it if these companies are going to pull out bless you um, if they're going if they're going to pull out of because of the scandal. Remains to be seen, and you never know what you never know what's going what 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 how's it going to turn out. I mean, seriously, you never can tell. Um, I, I'm just sitting here going, they act like I mean, they act like they act like the dead from and they they act like mafia mafioso. Mafiosos. I mean, seriously, big time. And I'm still wondering how much money is the president making? How much? How much? How much? How much? How much the take he's getting? How much of a cut he's getting? How much of how much of a big cut he's getting? And and why? Hmm. All these questions for this is weird. I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is too. This is too weird. Now I'm gonna finish playing this after the top of the hour. This is interesting. This is this is interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be we'll be back at the top of the hour. This is Nation Talk. We'll talk to you in January Radio. Can you just believe this? <laughs> Unbelievable. 
good. Oh my goodness. He get he is he is he he's good. Here's um um I'm just recapping what we're talking about, which is so far we've been talking about the FIFA scandal. FIFA football scandal. Um, here's some more, and I backed up a little bit so you can get uh, just a little bit to, to get you to hear some of the things that I can't believe. The money was paid in the 1990s by the now defunct ISL company to leading sports officials, some of them at FIFA. In return, ISL got contracts for sponsorship and television rights. Best of all was for the World Cup. President Blatter doesn't want to talk about it. Neither do the officials I've named. Here was a chance to ask again. It's a can you spare us a moment for BBC? Mr. Hayatu received 100,000 French francs, according to our list of secret payments. We're very interested to know what's happened with the ISL money. You put my... Yeah. Uh, um, right. Was it true? Did, did you take that money? It's the Hayatu who speaks good English still won't talk about it. Mr. Blatter is equally relaxed. FIFA aren't going to investigate Mr. Hayatu. Nicholas Laos, the boss of South American football, did better out of ISL. He got $730,000 in five separate payments. Good. What? Good morning, Mr. Laos. Is, is FIFA going to investigate the bribes you took from the ISL company? But you know about ISL? And you know about the bribes? Is nothing happening? Is their blatter not having an investigation? And again, no answer. Oh. Last year, before the vote, FIFA didn't want to talk about these corruption problems. And neither did the England bid team. They denounced us. The chief executive of the bid was this man, Andy Anson. He said screening our film about FIFA corruption three days before the vote was unpatriotic. Of course I'm disappointed with the timing. And it's certainly not going to win us any votes. International bid president, David Dean. He wrote to FIFA, offering solidarity. The FA was backing them against the media. What a nerve! Lord Treasman had quit the bid by the time the insults were being hurled. Now he tells us that during his time as bid chairman, he was being propositioned by some of FIFA's bosses. Do you express your concerns to FIFA? Whatever the suggestions were, there was a huge amount of uh, pressure to try and secure these games for England, uh, a huge desire not to burn off any prospect of doing so. So you felt that to make a complaint that some members of the executive committee were being unduly influenced by what the best described as bribe, and to pursue that, the only result would be to absolutely ensure England stood no chance at all? Yes. FIFA rules say he should have reported them. The moment a man who's been a minister, who 
was charged with the high office of uh, uh, chairing the Football Association and dealing with this bid, the moment he knew it was a corrupt process, he should have blown the whistle then. In the run-up to the vote, the big team insisted that England had every chance. They were backed by telepundits, living legends, and political muscle. <laughs> Prime Minister Cameron, Prince William, and David Beckham did their best to charm FIFA's leaders. I think that we can trust every one of the members. You know, at the end of the day, they're football people. Now we're told the game was rigged. indications allegedly were that we stood a chance, whereas clearly we did not appear to stand a chance. Was there more we could have been told? Eleven months before the vote, a select group of reporters were entertained to dinner at this Mayfair Hotel by England's bid team and its chief executive, Andy Anson. Mr. Anson was asked about rumours of corruption at the very highest level of FIFA. He said that he and his team had given it a lot of thought and concluded that of the 24 voters, at least 13 were viable. We didn't get to hear about that until after the bid was lost. Mr. Anson wouldn't talk to us. His lawyers told us that even if he did use the word viable, it meant no more than what he had read in publicly available sources or rumours and allegations that he had heard. The big shots from the worlds of football and politics have clammed up. We'd hoped to talk with many of the people involved in England's World Cup bid. We wanted to ask them what had gone wrong, what should be done about FIFA. This was as close as we got. Anyone would think they'd been sent on some secret mission into the heart of North Korea and that the national interest would be fundamentally compromised if they spoke. The basic fundamental principle of public life in Britain is accountability, which means you are charged with responsibility, you try to discharge that responsibility, and you give an account of what you did and why you did it afterwards. The FA is investigating Lord Treesman's allegations. President Blatter says he wants to see the results before the election in nine days' time. Mr. Warner, good morning. Welcome to Zurich. One of the FIFA officials Lord Treesman says made improper demands is Jack Warner. He's a FIFA vice president. Lord Treesman said Mr. Warner wanted to build a school in Trinidad. It could have cost two and a half million pounds. But then said that the funds could be channeled through him and he would guarantee that they were appropriately spent. <laughs> England said no. But Jack Warner has a history of cashing in on the World Cup. How much profit did you make selling World Cup tickets this year? In 2006, he sold thousands of tickets for the World Cup in Germany. That broke FIFA's rules. He should have been thrown out. It wasn't. Instead, FIFA, in secret, told his family firm to pay a million dollars to charity. If you could spit on me, you would spit on me. Oh, he nasty. But at FIFA, Jack is fireproof. 
The 208 national associations in FIFA will choose the next president. 35 of them are controlled by Jack Warner in the Caribbean, Central America, and the mighty USA. If they vote as a bloc, then, in my opinion, they will decide the, 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 the race for the presidency. In Switzerland, Guido Tognoni was one of Sepp Blatter's most senior advisors. So Jack Warner will be the kingmaker? I think yes. I think yes, not for the first time. He has an important role, but I think he was never as important as, as, as he is for this election. We've got new evidence of Mr. Warner's contempt for FIFA's rules. And it's bad news for Jack. I'm in Norway meeting one of the dealers who buys his tickets. He's had enough, and he's going public. Atle Barlow told me that up to 40% of tickets on the black market come out of FIFA's back door. The biggest source for tickets to the secondary market, which I call it, is people inside FIFA, people high up in FIFA. And this is the double standards they have. He told us about one deal with Mr. Warner in 2006. The tickets were delivered in Germany. Um, we, my associate, my trusted associate, he met with uh, Jack Warner and his secretary. Uh, we delivered the cash. They delivered the tickets. Jack Warner sold him 820 tickets, ordered through the Trinidad and Tobago Federation. What was the markup? The face value of these tickets were 82,000 euro. Uh, the price that we had to pay for the tickets was 242,000 euro. That's a very nice profit for Mr. Warner. Good profit for some tickets, yes. We asked Mr. Warner about this deal. He didn't reply. At the next World Cup in Brazil, FIFA will make the usual noises about cracking down on the black market ticket town. They could start with one of their own vice presidents. Mr. Barlow told us that he is willing to give evidence to FIFA. But President Blatter has been reluctant to investigate his own. Six months ago, FIFA was given a dossier of damning evidence. The result of an undercover investigation by the Sunday Times into buying and selling World Cup votes. The allegations of corruption were just incredible. And what was quite extraordinary about it was that every time we went to somebody, they would always not say, well, you've got to win on the merits of your bid. What you've got to do is you've got to pay him, you've got to pay him, you've got to pay him. Two members of the executive committee had to be suspended. Four minor officials were also punished. But what they told undercover reporter Jonathan Calvert and a colleague was not investigated. They should have done a proper investigation. They should have employed proper detectives, an outside company, someone independent, someone professional, who could go through the allegations in detail. Um, and the outcome of that would be that they would have had to postpone the votes for the two World Cups because there were some serious allegations in there which have never seen the light of day. FIFA says it requested supporting evidence and didn't get any so it was unable to take action. But the allegations couldn't be more serious.
Qatar trying to buy votes. Their evidence was exposed to Parliament two weeks ago. In London, the two reporters posing as consultants backing one of the bidding nations met this man, Ishmael Bamji, a former member of FIFA's executive committee. Thank you. 
FIFA says it will make no further comment. The case is now closed. Well, it isn't. A Swiss journalist asked the prosecutor to hand over the settlement document. He was happy to do so. But FIFA are trying to kick its release into the long grass. Now the next goal is uh, not to have this decision published before end of May, beginning of June, when there are the election of the FIFA presidency. So again, they are, they are working with uh, uh, stretching deadlines uh, one after the other. Two senior officials are also trying to stop the truth coming out. Who are they? Panorama understands that one of them is former FIFA president, Jao Havelange. The other man is his former son-in-law, Ricardo Teixeira. He's a member of FIFA's executive committee and in charge of the next World Cup in Brazil. We linked Ricardo Teixeira to payments worth more than $9 million from the ISL company. His name keeps popping up. According to Lord Treesman, Mr. Teixeira said, Come and tell me what you have got for me. We wrote to him and Jao Havelange about the settlement in Zug. They haven't replied. <laughs> the people you meet on a sunny day in Paris. Here comes Sepp Blatter. He says he won't tolerate corruption. But he won't talk about how they settled that bribes case. How about you? Is it good morning or good afternoon? It's good morning still. I did have a question. No, but it's good morning anyway. It is a beautiful morning. You talk of transparency. I must ask you, why are you blocking the publication of the investigation into FIFA? I mean, can you say, why are you blocking it? Why not make it public? Is this going to be a very damaging report for FIFA? And they've got more problems. The International Olympic Committee is investigating our revelations about the bribe scandal. Sepp Blatter, Jao Havelange, and wait for it, Issa Hayatu are all members. If the IOC really wants to unearth the truth about their involvement, It'll need to see the secret settlement in Zurich. And the clock's also ticking for FIFA at the Swiss Parliament. In Bern, I meet up with MP Roland Bouchel. Last year, Mr. Bouchel took our revelations to his fellow MPs. They all agreed that FIFA and other international sports federations based in Switzerland must clean up their act. Mm. So you're demanding real transparency from FIFA? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think they'll grant it to you? Uh, we have time until, uh, it's about six months, they have time to show it. By December 31st this year, if FIFA hasn't met the requirements of the Swiss... What can they do? Well, either they conform to the law, or I must say, they are free to leave the country. And I would like to see if there is a country who gives them asylum to carry on the same way they've been working on tomorrow. Will a new president make any difference? I had a chat with the challenger, Mohammed bin Hammam. He's from Qatar, but wasn't a member of their World Cup bid team. 
This was his view of FIFA in March, and it hasn't changed since. Help me with something, please. Hmm? You, you were saying on the BBC interview this morning there's no corruption problem at FIFA. Uh, and uh, I was a bit puzzled. It's a little view, Andrew. I mean, it is. I, I saw the problem is, is in the transparency. You are more transparent than FIFA. Does that mean he won't do anything about, say, Jack Warner? <laughs> your cause, not my cause. I 100%, you know, your information is not my information. You, we, have, we have, you know, having a different sort of... Uh, so Jack's all right. As far as I'm concerned, all the people in the Ethical Committee did a very good job. We have to uh, we have to support them until we put any rules and regulation till the people clearly what is the black, what is the white, and then we have to make them accountable to this. So there you have it, Set Blasser versus Mohammed Ben Haman for the biggest job in world football. Last week, the FA said it wouldn't vote for either of them. Is that really enough? FIFA is a house of cards. It's just that nobody in public office in powerful countries can be bothered to draw the breath to blow that house of cards over. And you have to say to yourself, after the humiliation of the last World Cup, what will it take? to make these people get off their backsides and do something useful. Is there a remedy for football's shame? The only way football can be saved from FIFA is for FIFA to be destroyed and rebuilt. Next week, Panorama goes undercover to reveal mistreatment and abuse of patients in the hospital that stopped caring. The Panorama Special, Tuesday, 31st of May at 9. Andrew Jennings is a he is such a good reporter. I I would love to I would, I would love to watch some of his um investigative reporting. That's the first time I actually heard of him and actually see him in action. He he's good. He he tried he's trying to squeeze the answer out of these, out of these guys and Never want to, never want to talk. Well, the scandal continues. I mean, the um, investigation of the scandal continues. <laughs> so there you have it. Bless you. Bless you. So there you have it. Sport that's, that's um, mostly political, mostly political than sports related. <laughs> Ain't that a blimp? This is Nation Talk. Broadcasters and the ad council. I'm in almost every school.
same classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the pet overreacts together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Show, Jam Radio Productions, Sonahead.com, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. Vacation. 
He was diagnosed with brain cancer and after undergoing surgery was given a clean bill of health. Cancer returned this spring and Biden pursued aggressive treatment at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. The vice president's son died yesterday, last night, surrounded by his extended family. Aside from Vice President and Dr. Jill Biden, Bo Biden is survived by his wife, Hallie, and two children, Natalie and Hunter. Also, he has a brother named Hunter and a half-sister named Ashley. It's, he's only 46 years old. This is a, a horrible story, and, and we uh, our, our condolences condolences go out to the Biden family, to Vice President Joe Biden, and to his entire family, to the nation. Iraqi uh, war veterans, really, generally, uh, just a patriot. He was really a, a very strong patriot. We really need to pray for their family. This is a tremendous loss. hear this because too young. Just anyway, pray for the uh, Biden family and truly living in times like we've never seen before. General for the state of Delaware and the son of the Vice President of the United States, please welcome Bo Biden. Bo. How are you, sir? Great to meet you. Good to meet you. How are you? I'm great. I'm All great. right. Thanks well, to be on. Great to have you on. I know why you're on, because we've been clamoring here for the longest time for someone to sue the banks on Wall Street, and apparently you are that man who is going to quench our thirst for vengeance. Well, I have some I have some, uh, some colleagues who are doing the same thing. Catherine Mastow yep. in Nevada is doing the same thing. Uh, Eric, Eric uh, Schneiderman in New York is doing the same thing. Uh, and uh, there's others that are doing this. You, you, doing you, you want to spread around the retribution there, I well, think. Is that why you're naming those people? No, I'm, I'm naming them because they're doing their job, and uh, others are doing their job. Look, there's, my colleagues, Republican and Democrat, are trying to do uh, what they can on this, what they think is, is right. I happen to have a little bit different view on this. I think that um, we, uh, in, at least in my case, in my state as an attorney, I'm, a, I'm a, a prosecutor and a consumer protector. And that's why we filed the lawsuit we filed yesterday, uh, last week, last Thursday, against a pretty arcane little acronym of a company called MERS. Uh, it's a Delaware corporation. It has 50 employees. What, what is in a Delaware corporation? Well, not much. Yeah. Uh, you know, we yeah, are. For this to come from Delaware is kind of odd because I think a lot of people would say, you know, that's one of the loopholes in our system is that all these corporations, I think of like half the publicly traded corporations in America. Uh, are registered in Delaware, even though there's really no one in the office except a monkey and a fax machine. <laughs> well, well, look, the reason corporations are in Delaware is because we got the best courts in, in the country in terms of being able to deal with the complicated business matters. Well. But the reason, when, look, we filed this complaint in the Chancery Court, which is the finest court from my perspective in the nation, uh, alleging that MERS, which was created by the banks and Fannie and Freddie, what they did in 1995 is they basically privatized our residential mortgage recordation system. They simply rec they simply privatized it. You know that's interesting. You know Mitt Romney said last week that he thought we should just let people people just die on the vine there who are underwater. He said let them let let the let the process take its course, and and <laughs> let investors come in buy the properties and put renters in there. 
which astounded me because it was not that long ago Bush was talking about how we should have the home ownership society. And suddenly it's the can you scrape together a deposit society. Well, and that's what we've seen. We have, we have as my colleagues have all over the country, these workshops where people show up hours in advance on mortgage foreclosure help. And they show up with reams and reams and reams of paper. And they go to there to try to bust, put them together with banks. And the banks don't have the paperwork that they demand that the borrowers bring to them. That's what's at the heart and soul of what happened on this in this issue. This company, this it's company. Fannie and Freddie, because every conservative who comes on this show says, yeah, I heard Bloomberg, who's, you know, not, not, not a frothing right winger. I heard him say the other day, you know, you can't blame the banks. This is all about Fannie and Freddie, and, you know, you, you, these people, uh, Congress was, was forcing us to, forcing the banks to give people mortgages who were people who were on the cusp. Uh, what's the truth there? The truth is there's a lot of blame to go around. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, Fannie and Freddie has, exp has exposure on this. I'm, I'm, I'm the attorney general of a little state called Delaware, and I focused on MERS, which is a Delaware corporation, as I said. It has 50 employees who are in charge of trying to keep track of 30 million mortgages in America. 50 people keeping track of 30 million. You ask yourself we ha why we have a foreclosure crisis. It begins there. My perspective. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I mean, if it was just about housing, it wouldn't be that giant a crisis. It's that the banks took side bets on failure, isn't it? I mean, that's something new in America, is it not? Well, it is. I mean, it's okay. I mean, we all want capitalism. I mean, I am not a communist. <laughs> I'm not. But, but, but this is something new in politics where Wall Street was sort of betting on things to fail as opposed to for things to succeed. Well, we refer to it as credit fault, you know, credit default swaps. That's somewhat new. But the securitization of the residential mortgage-backed industry is not new. What's new is in 1995 when they created this group called MERS that literally took private for, you know, look, the cornerstone of our jurisprudence from my perspective is property rights, right? And what we did is we had recorders of deeds offices around the country where you could go and farmer could walk down and see what they owned, what the meets and bounds were, and who had an interest in it. What we did in 1995, the banks got together with Wall Street and Fannie and Freddie and said, look, that's just too slow and cumbersome of a process. We're going to sell this stuff. We're going to securitize it. We're going to separate the difference between the, you know, the separation of the borrower and the investor. It's about eight, seven, ten transactions wide. In order to do those transactions, to sell your mortgage down the line to a pension fund in Nebraska or Norway. What they did is they said, look, it's too cumbersome to go to the recorder deeds office. And so we have to create our own. We're going to privatize. We're going to keep track of it ourselves. Moe has died of brain cancer. The vice president's office released a statement to read in part, it is with broken hearts that Haley, Hunter, Ashley, Jill, and I announced the passing of our husband, brother, and son, Beau, after he battled brain cancer with the same integrity, courage, and strength that he demonstrated every day of his life. The entire Biden family is saddened beyond words. We know that Beau's spirit will live on in all of us, especially to his brave wife, Haley, and two remarkable children, Natalie and Hunter. Chief White House correspondent Ed Henry joins me now on the phone, Ed. Well, good evening, Judge. Obviously, very sad and tragic news for the Vice President. Anyone who uh, knows the, the Biden family well, this is a family that's been through a lot of tragedy. You'll remember uh, when uh, Joe Biden was first uh, elected to the Senate in the early 1970s, uh, his first wife, his then wife, uh, was in a terrible car accident and died. Uh, and that was something he had to come back from even before he was sworn into the Senate. 
Bo Biden uh, had been ill over the last couple of years, and his condition had really worsened in, in recent weeks, and the vice president had been very private about it, uh, not wanting to bring a lot of attention as the family had gathered. I think what is significant as well is that we do Bo Biden as a politician. He's just 46 years old, so that is obviously a very sad part of this. Uh, but we knew him as, as the attorney general in the state of Delaware, where, of course, Joe Biden had been the senator and cut his teeth politically, and he had been running for governor. But, but far beyond that is, as you say, he's a family man uh, and also someone who served in the Delaware National Guard, and people may forget that but should remember it. Uh, he was an Iraq War veteran, even though he was in politics and didn't have to uh, serve. He, he joined the Delaware National Guard, uh, was an Iraq War veteran, and was awarded the Bronze Star. And so uh, this is someone who served his country in, in numerous ways, and there's all kinds of political battles going on right now. A lot of talk about the presidential race, and people have been wondering why had uh, Joe Biden made his intentions clear. This was clearly part of the reason is he was dealing with this privately, and I think presidential politics was the furthest thing from his mind right now, and obviously a lot of heavy hearts right now uh, all around the country about this, Judge. And, and you know, Ed, uh, I think we had all heard a couple of months ago that, that Bo was hospitalized with an, quote, undisclosed illness, and there was very little that was said. So clearly it appears that uh, it was kept under wraps or for the privacy of the family. It is, it is so sad, and uh, this happened today. This, do we know exactly when this happened? Uh, just it, it sounded like it just happened in the last few hours, but I don't have a precise time. And I think, okay. remember, he had had a stroke a few years ago, and he was, as we said, very young. Right. Um, and people thought, you know, that was, uh, it came out of the blue, and then, and then he had brain cancer. All right, Ed, Ed, Ed Henry, thanks so much. We're gonna 46 years old, he died of um, brain cancer. Another um, person who passed away this week, I don't know any of you ever heard of him. He's a character actor, mostly. Renato Ray. You probably see him on 227 a lot. He played the mailman on there. Uh, He passed away this week as well.
Center's development of top-notch actors, directors, and producers. Today he launched a career in comedy, going on the road with the OJs. He then moved to New York City, where he was invited to join the Harlem Theater Group. While a member of the group, he appeared in his first movie. From there, he performed in Europe, Asia, Africa for two years, where he has has appeared in 52 movies, including Friday, House Party 3, White Man Can Jump, and Rage Rage of Harlem, I remember that movie, and Harlem Nights, where he appeared with, with the likes of Red Fox, his mentor for whom he often opens shows Della Reese, Richard Pryor, Arsenio Hall, Eddie, and Eddie Murphy. He also has he, he has 32 television shows to his credit, including BET's Current View, 1998 to 1999 to 2000 2001, on which he was a co host. He was on Tonight's Show, Robert Townsend's Parent, um, Partners in Crime, and, and The Parenthood, and 227 as Ray the Mailman. Ray was recorded, he recorded three comedy albums and three videos. He produced his own video, which features a rap hero called "I'm Scared." <laughs> I'm I'm scared of you. After overwhelming audience reaction to it on Buster Simmons' Death Comedy Jam, they also appeared as contestant. As contestant went for a popular game show, Match Game. <laughs> Ray died on May 28th, 2015, due to complications from a stroke. He suffered. He was 75 years old. We remember Renard Ray, comedian, ex- comedian, character actor, extraordinary man with the red hair.
wrong when it talks about the wisdom of the ants and gathering and storing food for the winter? This is the Creation Moments Minute. 
Bible skeptics claim that Proverbs 6, verse 8, is nothing but a myth, because no such ants has ever been found. In the last few years, however, their laughter has stopped. We now know of three different species of ants that gather and store food. And guess what? Two of these species are native to Bible land. Evolutionists tell us that they are sure the first real human beings weren't even smart enough to gather and store grain and seeds. It's obvious that ants who gather and store grain and seeds are totally unexpected by evolution. But we know that we have a creator who provides for all the needs of all his creatures, even ants. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. Join us tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for morning inspirations. Somebody got a birthday. Cause I got a birthday tomorrow, and I'm not saying who. <laughs> we'll be on tomorrow morning, uh, 6 a.m. Morning inspirations generated 2.1. Thank you all. For listening, tuning in, and downloading us. The views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Sheet. Jamming and Protection Center.com is a sponsor. This has been Nation Talk, a personal affairs program, aired Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to join us next Sunday for another Nation Talk here on Talk Sheet and Jamming Radio. And be sure to join us tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. for morning exclusive on Jam Radio 2.1. God bless you and have a wonderful and blessed week.
that Sam looking down that work with the 